Hey, welcome to the One Up podcast and the start of our new mini series. Mini series? No, I don't like that. <laughs> the start of a new series in which we take a look every month at the world of indie games. It could be games we've been playing that we're excited to tell you about and we don't get much of an opportunity to do that on our big episodes, or it could be games that are coming up that we're even more excited about because, you know, we're all about all games all the time here. So I am joined in the inaugural Indie Showcase by Orange. Hello! Hello! And Andy. What up, fuckers? <laughs> what up, fuckers, indeed. So we're still going to be figuring out the format, I imagine, over the next couple of months. But as it's the very first, a thing I thought might be nice was to just get a feel for what the three of us, and if any of our other one-up podders join for an indie showcase, we can ask them the same intrusive questions of, you know, what do you look for in indie games? Why do you like them? And what are some of your favourites? I'm going to swing to Andy first. It'd be an obvious one to say Stardew Valley, but we've already covered that in like a very exhaustive episode, so I'm just going to go with some other options. Mm-hmm. The three that came to mind like immediately were Disco Elysium, Hades, and Papers, Please. And they're all like very different styles of games. They've all got a unique voice, either through their art style or the narrative they're telling. I think we all like appreciate that indie games can take risks that AAAs can't really take, mm-hmm. either stylistically or with the kind of themes they're exploring. And that's the kind of things I, was, I gravitate towards the most, I feel. Things that are doing something unique within their genres or maybe even inventing genres of their own, which mm. kind of like Papers, Please felt like. Never played a game like it, but after Papers, Please, I seem to play lots of games like it. <laughs> I like the innovative style of indie games that you can't get with a big playstation or xbox release i totally get you orange how about yourself what sort of things do you look for what are your faves so one mean asking me to choose like two or three (laughs) faves because as soon as i started thinking of them i kept doing the thing (laughs) where i just went oh but there's that one oh and then that one's really good oh and this one and i was like stop stop wind it back (laughs) go with the ones you thought of first because they're clearly important yeah so just before you continue a second i just want to say that is revenge for the <laughs> amount of times you've increased my wish list the amount of times orange will mention games or play games and i'll be like oh yes i will add that to my wish list and then my wish list is currently about 300 games long and i'm like god damn it god i'm doing you a service it's important i want it you to is. know what's out there but please do uh, go with your three that came to mind first okay so there's always one there's one indie game that started it all for me, and it's always my number one favorite indie game, even maybe number one favorite game, and that is Journey. I will always come back to Journey yes. because it's beautiful, it's amazing, it's short, and it's just, oh, it is a work of art in its purest form. There's nothing like it to me. It was totally different to what I played at the time because I was I I think I was just come off the back of PS2 and my friend made me play it because she had a PS3 and she just went check this out and I played it and I was like this is beautiful I'm crying why am I crying a video game can make me cry what is this it's just it's amazing but to completely 
go in a totally different direction. The second game I chose was Cuphead, <laughs> which is like the opposite of Journey <laughs> in most ways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just, oh, the art style, the music, just everything about Cuphead, just you can't help but notice it when it's there and amongst a crowd of indie games. It's just like, ooh, what's that? And you just zero in on it. And the gameplay of it is just um, stunning. It's so tight. It's so well done. And even though it's hard, you know that when you screw up, it was your fault entirely. The game is very fair and you are just bad at it. So get better. <laughs> and then the third game I decided to go with was one more rec recent for me, Tunic. Because, wow, <laughs> that game like blew my mind. There was, I went into it expecting it to be a certain way. Like kind of like a zelda game, a little challenging, but the layers upon layers that that game gives you in terms of the way it presents its story, its world, it just, it blew me out of the water. It went above above my expectations and when a game goes above what I expect, because kind of, you know, it's like when you go into a movie of a certain genre, you kind of know what to expect in the way that it works. Maybe you guess the story and things like that. When something goes beyond your expectations, that's when it sticks to me. And I'm like, wow, okay, you you really thought about this. You've really planned this out. I applaud you <laughs> for giving me not just what I hoped you would be, but more. And that's what Tunic did. Can I do honourable mentions and just say the names, please? I'll allow it. I'll I have two, it. just two. Go on. <laughs> Hollow Knight, because Hollow Knight, and Outer Wilds, because if you've never played it, just go and play it oh, now. I'm not choice. saying anything about it, just go and play it. <laughs> I will allow the honourable mentions, because, you know, that is what all this is about. It's about being excited about the smaller <laughs> games. I can't do less than five, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, as the pod one of the podcast's biggest menaces, I, I really appreciate you know someone else defying the these rules is laid out i was gonna say i'm going yeah. to ignore them entirely <laughs> so i think for me when i think about indie games anyone who's listened to podcasts for some time aside from like final fantasy and sort of jrpg as a as a genre i think i've generally been quite dismissive of triple a games anyway whether that's you know perceived amount of investment whether it's financial to actually buy them or time <laughs> i find a lot of triple a games are just fucking huge and yeah. I'm like, oh, but in the yeah. you know time I could spend playing that, I could play like six different indie games. Yeah, I, I know, bold when I've spent like three thousand plus hours <laughs> on one particular game. But anyway, this <laughs> is not about those. I love, love, love how indie games are so innovative, just so innovative. I mean, even just last year, I did a demo of a game, uh, The Veil, that had like you were playing as a blind character. Oh yeah. Mm. So everything was actually based on entirely on sound, like where you had to hit and stuff. And it's just so, so fucking cool. <laughs> My ones that came straight to mind when I was thinking about um, this, when I said, you guys, that little mini challenge, like an hour before recording, by the way. So <laughs> like bravo on that one as well. The ones that came to mind for me were Celeste, obsessed with mm -hmm. the soundtrack obsessed with the graphics, obsessed with the gameplay. I'm a sucker for platformers, as in, as as many know. It just ticked every single box. And as you said, Orange, it's one of those games where it's like, why am I crying at the end of this? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so beautiful and it resonated so well. Also, very in that similar theme of, like, resonating well, felt like it was targeted directly at me personally. Uh, Night mm -hmm. in the Woods, just another one of those that sort of hits a lot of very emotional themes. May, my 
might be one of my favorite video game characters ever i think <laughs> she's super relatable as like an oddball weirdo outsider who's got a bit lost and you know it covers a lot of like depression and anxiety and navigating friendships and things through all of that and it's just it, it's just gorgeous and again banger of a soundtrack there'll be a theme i think on any of my picks i'm always like very there for as soon as there's good music mm. in an indie game i'm like yes i'll take one <laughs> and the other which just I think really matches it with my personality as, uh, you know, menace. Untitled Goose Game. My God, I love that game. (laughs) Just, it is like all the memes that come from it. And I just love that, you know, that I'm going to cause problems on purpose. (laughs) And and I'm like, yeah, that that just works for me. It just works for me on a on a deep personal level. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole point of this, I'm hoping you're going to hear a lot of enthusing about this. Uh, you know, a lot of indie games, they're developed and published by small teams or often even individuals. Mm. Andy, you mentioned Stardew is a classic of that. Minecraft originally yeah. was like basically one dude, right? Yeah. One terrible dude. <laughs> I mean, 100%, but like... Yeah, it was a one-man show. was a, a one-man time. show. Mm. I know it's not now, but that's where it started and I don't think people always realise that because Minecraft has just like permeated like culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah. It's like the biggest game of all time. Well, one of them. It's up there. That or GTA 5, basically. Yeah, GTA, yeah, yeah. Because they've been around forever. <laughs> and will be around forever, probably. It'll outlive me. <laughs> I find like there's just... There's just so much, you could spend so much time talking about them. I even joked, like, we should do it as a challenge episode one week, which is just name a genre and someone (laughs) should pick literally any game. Because I'm telling you now, indie games, whatever your flavour, whatever your taste is, there will be something for you amongst the indie landscape. Mm -hmm. And it'll be fucking great. It'll be unique and really, really special. So... In the spirit of what this is kind of going to be going forward, we're going to talk a little bit about, say, in the last month, the month of May, what are some of the indie games that we've been playing that have just, like, really set us alight? Mm-hmm. I'm going to open on this one, because I'm selfish. I get to. I'm the host. <laughs> um, and before anyone steps in on it. Not that I think they will. Damn it. <laughs> I've been playing Cult of the Lamb and I'm fucking obsessed, yes. man. Oh, yay. It's everything that I love in these sorts of things. There's like chaotic hack and slash. Like, I love the procedurally generated. Like, when you have to go out in worlds, you know, where you have to gather resources and gather your your followers, basically, <laughs> and stuff. And it that it reminded me of like obviously Hades and and uh, those kind of games that like made that really popular. Of you'll go into the rooms, but it'll be a bit different every time and different leveled things. I love all of that aspect of it. I also like the sort of cult management aspect of it. Although I'm starting mm. to get a bit stressed by it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the further on you get and the more you get and then it's like wait actually sorry i have to feed them now and i have to keep them happy <laughs> otherwise they'll stop worshipping me what is this <laughs> i went in so bold like i'd make a really good cult cult leader actually and as it's going i'm like oh why are my followers so shit <laughs> and they're not they're so cute but um no i'm i just love the entire vibe of it the way that they've managed to make cults cute <laughs> <laughs> just being a little lamb i get to go out and do some stabbing i get to do some weird ass sermons and 
you know, make people gather things and do things at my bidding, I'm like, yeah, no, this is, I'm weirdly like super into it. Probably shouldn't think too much into that in general. <laughs> but yeah, that has been like my my biggie this this month and just the other little one I did want to mention was a game called Birth Um, it's like a really little hand drawn which mm, a thing I absolutely adore in the indie landscape is hand drawn games they're just gorgeous it's like a two hour game honestly it doesn't take long to finish it but it's just so weird and wonderful basically you are making yourself a friend you're birthing yourself a friend and you're going around the town and you have to find like you have to fill do all of these little puzzles and the puzzles are like really cool and different and I felt smart when I was completing them (laughs) and then like you'd gather the bits whether it was like a liver or it would be some bones or (laughs) a heart or whatever you're basically frankensteining yourself a a pal a companion and yeah that's how the game ends like I say it's really short but I've really extra wanted to call it out because it's one of those where I've heard people are getting the refund because of the playtime in spite of liking the game scumbags so you know definitely don't do that like literally don't do that if you enjoyed the game just let the let the makers have their money it's really shitty (laughs) otherwise yeah those are just sort of two that I initially had on the list so Orange, what have you been playing in May? Well, Bash, glad you asked. Um, I just, I did it in one night, which is beyond my normal stream time because I just could not stop. And I played Bramble the Mountain King, which has not been out very long. It came out, I think, at the end of April. And wow, <laughs> it's so good. It's probably about four to five hours in length give or take whether you turn poke around explore if you want to but there's it's pretty linear but basically i played the demo at the last stream next uh, steam next fest in february i think it was and i just went right this here looks like little nightmares but scandinavian folklore style little nightmares and from the very little that I know about Scandinavian folklore, I know that it's way scarier than ours. So I was like, I'm interested. <laughs> um, and it delivered. It literally, it has a very little nightmares vibe, but it's definitely scarier. So if you are horror inclined, but little nightmares is perhaps either as far as you're willing to go or even too much for you, then it might be a little scary side but it it is just oh it was just a lot of fun to play plays really well it's just yeah it's spooky as heck and I just I really really dug it it was a lot of fun and I screamed a few times (laughs) but good screams yeah that that was really good so that's not long been out I know the stream circuit for it on twitch has been going nuts I think half the people I follow have played it already. It's a very big popular one to go through. The other game I played this month, I just finished, um, Beacon Pines. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was another another game that I picked up uh, the demo from a st- basically Steam Next Fest is amazing and I think I did it last year. I played Beacon Pines and just 
the the way it tells a story is fantastic. So you are helping an author basically finish their book. So everything is like a storybook. It's uh, you go into like the storybook. I think it's hand drawn. It looks hand drawn, but the art is incredibly detailed and beautiful. And you follow the story of luca and his woodland friends but there's a mystery in the town people have gone missing there's some mysterious goo that does mysterious things to people but its biggest gameplay mechanic is you get these little charms that you just find by having conversations with people or just by interacting with things and they are a word and you use the words to finish a page that the author presents to you but you get branching story depending on which word you use and you can go back and use a different word. So yes, timey-wimey stuff is involved, which is always fun. And I just, it, I love stuff that branches like that. So you can see like a different outcome if you go back and obviously you're trying to find the true path. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It had me going <gasps> at a few intervals, you know. I mean, they might be things that could be more obvious to other people, but I try very hard when I play a mystery game to try not to think about it too much. I'm like, no, no. I'm going to let the story tell me. <laughs> I'm not going to guess. I'll do a little guessing. But other than that, I want, I want you to tell me what you're going to do. You know, um, I'm probably more guessy when I watch something like a Poirot or something. But with a game, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not going to try and figure it out. I'm just trying to try and digest what's happening as it happens. So those, those would be the games that I've been playing this month. They're my shouts is Bramble the Mountain King and Beacon Pines. I'm obsessed with Beacon Pines. I've not actually <laughs> finished it. I did the same demo yes. that you that you did. I actually also backed this on Kickstarter, not to be old. <laughs> well, I was there when this was first kicking off, but I was. Oh, um. <laughs> you should have told but, me. I'd have looked out for your name at the end and pointed it out. I was, I was just like, there are so many backers. <laughs> there are so many backers. <laughs> it's more backers than people who made the game, I think, in the credits. <laughs> My daughter played it and she blitzed through it in like a day and then I told her that you'd backed it and you'd be in the credits and she got really excited but then I think I must have been telling her when your name went up the credits <laughs> so she, she was just staring at the screen said she's not there I went, oh I think we missed it I'm sorry I said, oh, I'm not playing it again <laughs> she loved That's it fair. but it's not gone That's for a little thing well she can go just go from the very ending in fact I think it has a credits option maybe I'm not sure Ooh, if, it, if it does then I will yeah. Sure. Or just reload I don't be the game. Seen to be a liar. Reload the game that she had, and then you just have to watch like the last scene again or something, and then you should get the credits again. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna screenshot it. There you are. Draw a big circle. What'd be hilarious is if I didn't put my name in in time to be included, because I sometimes <laughs> don't do that. Like I, I don't always remember on Kickstarters and things, and everyone's all the people who've heard are like, "Hmm, where is Bash on here?" And it's like, I'm not. <laughs> she lied. <laughs> Or I could be under Sasha as well, of course. I can't wait to actually sit down and take the time to play that game. It's a perfect example of, like, I think innovation in storytelling. Yes. And that is a thing that I think indie games do better than than any any other, even smaller studios and things like that. Like, finding weird and interesting ways to tell their stories. And the mm -hmm. idea of you can change the story with simple words. Oh, also, for anyone listening, Beacon Pines is on Game Pass, so you can even check it out there. Ta-da! <laughs> that was a good shout. So, Andy, what about you? What have you been doing in May? 
I've been playing a hell of a lot of games because I just got inundated with like I make a lot of requests to PR companies for keys <laughs> and I don't hear anything back for a long time and then I get all of them at once I'm like, oh for fuck's sake and because I asked for them I can't burden them on someone else usually so I've just been playing constantly <laughs> one of the games I've been playing is uh, Children of Silent Town Ooh. A, a graphic adventure I, I played it on the Steam Deck so I don't know if it's uh, how it plays on PC it looks like it'd be a point and click, but the way it works on the Steam Deck is it's controller mm. operated, so you like move around and there's like little symbols that prompt actions and stuff. It's not my usual style, but as a, you know what, I'm, I'm a Steam Deck dickhead now. I should get used to this kind of thing. <laughs> it's set in this town where they follow a lot of rigid rules to stay safe from what they say are monsters that live in the woods. It's got this really nice, it's like a graphic novel kind of, it's very vague kind of art style. The faces are very blank. The limbs are just kind of stubs. It's very strange, but it's like almost fairy tale like. But the puzzles are actually quite logical and rooted in reality, which is a nice balance to the weird dreamlike feel of the rest of the game. Mm. And it makes the weird danger of whatever is in the woods feel a bit more tangible and real, which I quite appreciated because some graphic adventures can get lost up their own ass with the puzzles so i quite enjoyed that something as simple as getting a cat toy and showing it to a cat will let the cat move out of the way that's <laughs> i liked that it was it's a it's i i really enjoyed it i don't wouldn't say it's a hard recommendation for anybody that likes graphic adventures but if you're looking for something a little different in that genre like i would definitely recommend it at least stylistically it's very unique yeah i enjoyed it it was good the next one i played is called Hyperviolent. This is it's in early access and it's this huge throwback to the classic Doom first person shooters. It's got a pixelated art style, really pixelated, more pixelated than the original Doom even looked. So it's more like it's a throwback to the games that ripped off Doom and didn't do it quite as well. <laughs> but I quite appreciate that kind of vibe. It's like they're not trying to be the best. <laughs> they're going for a very specific kind of niche that genre fans would appreciate it's very violent it's very uh challenging i got killed a lot it's not reinventing the wheel but it's like giving it a good spin the main game and i played started playing this today this is the one main one i want to talk about it's called killer frequency Ooh. it's coming out at the start of june it well this will be this episode will be out by then so it's from team 17 and it's a horror comedy thriller puzzle game and it sees you playing a late night talk show dj he's working in a small town in the middle of nowhere on a just a dead end shift at a go nowhere radio station and his like night gets disrupted by a phone call from the local 911 operator who says the sheriff has been murdered by a mysterious killer and she needs to head over to a nearby town to get help because the rest of the department's gone missing as well and she's making you the 911 operator for that night and it happens to be that the killer is he was a serial killer from the 1950s who was thought to be dead but he's come back to start murdering people so it's like a kind of michael myers kind of thing and you spend the entire well you're just stuck in the radio station mostly manning the the uh, booth taking calls from people and you make like choice-based actions to help people out. Like some of them are timed. You've got to really think fast. And then there's also puzzles that you have to perform to like talk people through stuff to help them escape from the murderer that's stalking everybody in the city or the town. Like the first puzzle you do, you have to find 
a magazine about hot wiring a car to help this woman start her car because she lost her keys after being chased by the guy and you have to be very very careful with your instructions otherwise the guy will come and kill her <laughs> and it's it's quite tense it actually it's very tense but there's a sense of humor to it like this specific instance the woman was going to a jazzercise like um <laughs> show or something so she's really into a jazzercise so she keeps making lots of like comments about jazz jazzercise and stuff. like she's doing a workout like it's really strange oh, every time she's doing an action this it kind of cuts the tension down just to bearable levels but still you are conscious of the fact that a creepy dude in a mask is like stalking these people <laughs> I, some of them have died unfortunately because i've given bad advice but <laughs> It's got this nice cell-shaded look. Uh, there's a lot of attention to detail in the booth that you work in. Like, if you look under the desk, there's gum under there. They didn't need to add that, but it adds a bit of reality, you know. Mm. It grounds the whole thing a little bit. There's also stuff like you can pick up crumpled balls and throw them through a plastic hoop <laughs> over a waste bin. Just for no reason. It, but it tallies how many nets you get, just for the hell of it. It's just, there's lots of very specific mechanics about going around the booth, like answering calls, putting on re- records, playing ads. There's all this stuff you have to do while also being conscious of the fact a supernatural serial killer is running loose. I'm just really impressed with it. It Sometimes it reminded me a bit of Firewatch, but a bit more lighthearted mm. and murderous. <laughs> I, I was playing it on Steam Deck again, and it worked really well. It's not listed, it's um, verified for Steam Deck. It's playable. There's one function on it that doesn't quite work, but the nice thing about Steam Deck was it told you how to get around that problem so you wouldn't get stuck at any point hmm. it's got a really nice look a really nice vibe i'm just i'm a big fan of what they're doing like it's a really fun way of telling a story like a horror story without having the horror in front of you which i really appreciated um, i haven't quite I haven't finished it yet because i only started but unless it really shits the bed towards the end i <laughs> really really recommend picking it up when you can what's it called uh, again andy <laughs> it's called killer frequency I'm already added it, it to my wish list whilst you were speaking yep. <laughs> <laughs> sold like 100% sold and that segues actually quite nicely well done Andy into sort of what I imagine the latter half of our monthly showcases would be <laughs> which is you know what have we got our eyes on that's coming up in June Andy you've done one is there any others that you sort of have got your eye on that are coming out in the next few weeks well not unfortunately not in June like my mind's been set on uh, do not feed the monkeys 2099 which I realized I wrote it down because assuming it was coming out in June but then I looked and it's coming out tomorrow <laughs> the 25th of May <laughs> so that, was my, that was my pick and I was like oh for fuck's sake okay never mind I am really looking forward to that game I loved the first do not feed the monkeys it's it's kind of a comedic voyeuristic uh, nanny state kind of satire and this one is obviously set in the distant future so there'll be robots and aliens which will make it even more fun I don't even know what the first one is it's, I'm intrigued. It's really funny. Like, just you spend your time like watching different monitors, like watching people, and you make notes of things in their environment and things they say, and you try to like piece together information about them. And some t- like you're told not to interfere with their, the events taking place, which the the people who employ you say call, refer to it as "do not feed the monkeys," because all these people they consider monkeys living in cages which are the cameras they tell you never to feed the monkeys but you can if some you see something like you think someone's going to die and like it's a race against time and like you have to piece together where they are so you can call somebody and tell them to help them you you have the option you can just like observe observe sometimes you have to answer questions from your employer to prove that you're paying attention and you just can make your money that way or you can you know engage with your morality and like save people it's 
it's very funny and it's a really gorgeous like pixel art style uh, i can't remember when it came out but i remember playing it on uh, mobile first and then i wound up getting it on steam later and then i found out the sequel was in development last year and i was like really excited to see it amazing and orange what are some things that you're looking forward to i mean release dates is something that i'm actually really bad at so i had no idea what on my really long wish list is coming out in june i don't know what i do know is that a game i did have my eye on uh has just come out which i demoed at eurogamer or EGX in um london last year and that's planet of lana so that's oh yes just come out and i it was one of the more popular demos i remember at the show last year there were lots of people around a lot of people who i spoke to and people who were tweeting about the show afterwards were just like oh did you check out planet of lana planet of lana planet of lana it was like everywhere and i think i even signed up to the mailing list of the developer or the publisher and so i actually got an email as well being like did you know planet of lana has just come out and i was like "Ooh, has it now so that is something I'm very much looking forward to. It's it's like a side-scrolling uh, puzzle puzzle type uh, thing, and you've got you control. I don't know much about the story because the demo was literally just straight into the gameplay. But you control this small child, and they've got like what I can only describe as kind of like a cross between t- a little Totoro and the dust bunny things from Ghibli as well. But he like runs along beside you, and you can tell tell it to go do things for you basically and it's like helping to solve your puzzles by you controlling the child but you can direct this little creature to go and assist you with the puzzles it was it was very good i actually did (laughs) i had a moment of being stuck on one of the early demo puzzles and i was like oh no (laughs) it's just not bode well for me but i solved it in the end i started thinking with portals but puzzle games are not my strong suit but I will still play them if I find them interesting enough around the puzzles and I want to know more about this character this little creature that's beside you um they also reminded me a lot of um if you guys have played Kina the little spirit things that you collect who help you out throughout your journey in Kina Bridge of Spirits they're kind of like one of those. So it's a very cute little mascot character. I can see it being a plush toy already and you're going to get a little trinkets and things with it on and people are going to fall in love with this little creature thing. So that already and the art style of it is really pretty. It's got really like gentle music, a really nice soundtrack. I imagine it might be one of those soundtracks that you can just mellow out to. So I'm I'm looking forward to diving into that for sure. And I'm still living in hope that Silk Song's going to show its face one day. <laughs> Come on, Silk Song! <laughs> that can be like really tough when there's something you've been really excited about. So I back quite a few games on Kickstarter. And I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm, I consider myself quite old hat when it comes to kickstarting things generally. Like I'll kickstart board games, comics, you know, just all sorts of stuff. And you get used to people putting quite... Um, optimistic <laughs> deadlines on things <laughs> where when you first back it they'll be like yes we'll deliver this by you know nine months time and you'll be like okay you won't but you know <laughs> we can pretend let's all pretend <laughs> um so yeah i hope i hope it comes out for you soon <laughs> two games that i know are definitely coming out in june that i am like super super hyped for there is fall of porcupine oh yes in which you play finley a doctor 
in the town of Porcupine. I was sold on it as soon as someone who'd played one of the demos and described it as being perfect for night in the woods fans and i'm a huge fan of night in the woods it very much has that sort of entire vibe to it um but where night in the woods is like going back to your hometown after leaving and going back you know a little bit in disgrace uh, a little bit you know underachieving what you'd hoped to achieve in life this is you're a doctor in a new town and it's a new hospital to you it's an old hospital in the town and you go and meet the villagers you don't just spend your time in the hospital there's like the actual town itself so you can spend time in the local pub there's a nearby forest there's some castle ruins and everything about it just screams this is a bash game (laughs) it's like it's very story driven there's a mystery i bloody love a mystery (laughs) in a town there's puzzles you have to get to know the townspeople because they're like your patients and you have to work out how to fix them as such and then there's your like head doctor who's also like a bit of a stress it seems but it just it just looks so cute and cool and I I genuinely love games where the main characters are anthropomorphic animals Mm. like proper humanoid human not anthropomorphic that's the wrong word isn't it but like humanoid animals you know what I mean where it's yes yeah the main character is a pigeon but like stands like a human it has it has all the vibes that I was looking for and it also won the wholesome direct 2022 award um wholesome direct being one of my favorite indie showcases every year i should have looked when it was i don't think it's soon so hopefully i've not missed an opportunity to shout that out (laughs) june is the big summer the big summer games fest is on its way now so everything's gonna start kicking off it is yeah and then the other game that i actually only recently find out about and it's out on the 5th of june is tiny thor (laughs) oh yeah yeah. It is an old school platformer. It's a 16-bit pixel art. You play as Thor. You have Mjolnir or Mew Mew. Mew Mew. Mew Mew. When I first saw a demo of it, I thought it looked a bit Celeste-like in terms of, you know, 16-bit pixel platformer, but like really playing with the genre. Like it's not just a platformer. Like the hammer, the ricocheting hammer and the way they've designed the levels like they've designed it so clever that you can you you can use the hammer to interact with the environment so you know like if you need to climb up something it looks like the hammer can be used to bounce things around so it will push like i saw an example of it pushing like a box along the floor so you could keep jumping over like say spikes on the floor or whatever Hmm. like it would just keep ricocheting off the box so it would jump in so the box would move in time with you jumping which i thought was pretty cool or it ricochets off enemies, like if there's like a whole mob of them and it'll bounce off the ceiling down, up and down, up and down to get the enemies. Like, I think it's that's like really interesting mechanically to me. Mm. It's gonna have boss fights, there's environmental puzzles, and it just looks really cute. <laughs> I am a sucker for a 16 bit pixel vibe same so yeah i'm really really looking forward to that as well didn't realize quite how soon that was actually coming out so you know i guess go get bouncing (laughs) with mjolnir i just uh, put in a request to get a key for that 
if you're <laughs> amazing <laughs> so yeah you never know i could be doubly recommending it by the next time we record in about you know a few weeks time or whatever mm. anyone else have anything they wanted to shout out i mean i have a couple of games which i don't know when they're coming out but i just found out about them so i just wanted to like put them on people's radars if they weren't already because they sound mm -hmm. very interesting um and one of these is a game that literally just popped up on my twitter i don't know where it came from somebody i follow some devs so i think someone must have retweeted it and it's called scarlet deer inn i don't know overly much about it but all i do know which is why it was being tweeted was for people who are interested in different kinds of art styles in games and like innovation in that way, the characters are embroidered. So they have been drawn and then printed and then sewn and embroidered and then animated. So all of the characters in this game are literally moving embroidery. <laughs> and that in itself just made me go, what? I must do more. That's so cool. Yeah. How cool is that? That's different. I had a look at it on Steam and, you know, it's it's not like, you know, oh, they've just done this gimmick and ha, oh, that's it. No, it's beautiful looking and it promises, again, a folklore style story. I think it's Slavic and it says it's emotional, which is always something that interests me. If a game can make me cry, I don't, it's not hard to make me cry, but if a game can make me cry... <laughs> I'm more interested because I like being able to feel something. But I, I wanted to just draw more attention to that because I think that's something well worth keeping an eye on because, yeah, it's very unique and that's interesting to me. And something else I wanted to mention. Did you guys watch the Humble Games showcase that was like a week ago, I think? I didn't know. No, I missed it, unfortunately. There was... There was, a, there was some good games. I recommend it to anyone who's interested in indie games, especially if you do have a Humble Bundle account because you can access the Humble Games pretty much for, as part of your um, subscription, I think. So oh. um, that's always really good to know. They did their showcase and one that just went, oh yes, it just made me smile hugely. It's not due to come out until next year, but it's called Bow Path of the Teal Lotus. And... The artwork is stunning. It's a Japanese style folklore type tale. So it kind of gave me a bit of an Akami vibe. You know, it's got this really pretty Japanese style artwork for it. But the gameplay kind of looked a bit Hollow Knighty to me. And I was like, ooh, like there was a lot of like bouncing on things like Shovel Knight as well. So I was like, hello, <laughs> this game looks pretty. I'm a sucker for anything that's sort of Japanese style tales and gameplay looks very solid so it's it's still in early development and it's it's not due to come out till next year but you know if you're into that kind of game well worth keeping your eyes on i think because it does look like this could be another like that kind of metroidvania style game that people will really get into i mean i'm a big hollow knight fan so i'm just like ooh, ooh, anything that reminds me of hollow knight i'm i'm interested i'm here hello me especially if it's pretty and sounds good as well because hollow knight's the whole package so if something else is kind of edging towards that then yes yes please I, I'm here. <laughs> Pick me. <laughs> <laughs> that is very cool. Mm. I also did just want to, not a particular game, but just to say that the next Steam Next <laughs> Fest <laughs> is in June. It is. So 
if you have Steam, it's always, there's like hundreds of demos. They do, they say they do all the streaming and stuff, which I don't know why I'm saying it like as if they don't. They do do that. I don't watch them. <laughs> but I do, it's the amount of times when that happens and all of a sudden if I go to look at demos and it'll be like, all of these things in your wish list now have demos. And mm. I'll be like, yes, please. And it's like <laughs> going to a sweet shop and just getting to pick and choose and I always like to make sure I pick at least a handful of games that I wouldn't have typically yes. picked up because sometimes that's how you find things that like oh my god I would have never picked this game up and mm-hmm. yet here I am just fully obsessed with it looking at you crack an academy Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes actually like I don't that's unfair I think I would have got to crack an academy anyway because that weirdness is very much in line with my weirdness but I don't think I'd have been aware of it like had I not seen it as a demo Mm. on like a Steam Next or a Wholesome Games or a Ludo Naricon whichever one it was on but the ones that I tend to pay attention to yeah so yeah definitely might be already starting by the time this is out i believe it's june 10th 19th 19th there we go june 19th. so so yeah june 19th steam next fest and i'm sure i'll pick up a bunch of demos and by the end of june i'll be speaking about some of those <laughs> <laughs> exciting first episode i've already added three extra games to my wish list which (laughs) this is going to be really dangerous for me (laughs) going forward but i am super hyped to keep hyping up those games that perhaps people are a little bit less aware of so hopefully long may this continue yeah i have been bash i am bash at demon head on things orange where can people find you i am mostly on twitch under orange and peachy my socials other socials are also on my twitch page i've updated it (laughs) (laughs) i stream usually on tuesdays fridays and sundays indie day is now officially Tuesdays. Whoop whoop. It is back. I'm so excited. I definitely think we can expect you to be back on this series. <laughs> Most likely. For sure. <laughs> um, the absolute dream, honestly, would be like when Ludo Narakan or Wholesome Games or, you know, any of those like definitely indie festivals in and of themselves yeah. come out. The dream would be to do like episodes dedicated to those where we literally just play a bunch of demos and get all, you know. Speaking my like, language. <laughs> talking too quickly about oh my god i need to tell you all of these amazing <laughs> things about all of these amazing games um sorry if you didn't understand any of that anyway andy where can people <laughs> find you i'm on twitter at truly underscore defective and the source of more of our demos <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> hard to work now <laughs> we have been the one up pod thank you for joining us for this on this journey and we hope you come back next month to hear about more Indie gems. Get alive. Play video games. Finger guns.